Thank you for downloading this episode of Series 13 of the What The Fight Like podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts every Monday and Thursday. If you enjoy the show today, the best way you can support us is by leaving a review or a rating on either Spotify or Apple. Give us a share on social media, or just tell a pal who you think might enjoy what we do. We are committed to growing our community, the Fartlet family, with an ambition of helping to combat loneliness and build friendships through our mutual love of running. If you would like to get more involved, then find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube or TikTok, or even on the website www.whatthefartlet.com or drop us an email, whatthefartletpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch and we'll tell you more about the community and what we're all about. Hope to see you soon, but until then, let's get on with the show. Are you alone, groupie, and are you enjoy your run? Like to take it easy, you're sure enough like a gun. Whatever your ability is, it's a place to be. So welcome to the world of fun, like run community. If you're 17, 25, push it in your tail. Come along, join us, this is the place for you. Welcome to the world of fun, like run community. Welcome to the world of fun, like run community. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to series 13, episode 16 of the What A Fartlet podcast. My name is Rob. And I'm Matt. Hello, my fine four-foot friend. How are you doing today? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. We're ticking along, aren't we? It's, uh, is it March yet? If it's not March now, it's March soon. And we're recording a, a little bit early for this one. So I think, no, no, it'll be just, just back end of February. Bloody leap year, throwing everybody out. But... Um, but yeah, yeah, years just just flying by, isn't it, mate? Yeah, it only seems like two minutes ago. COVID was still about. I know, I know. And before that, I didn't even know you, so that was that was a joke. That's when that's when good times. That's when you had better mm. better life and better a, friends. A simpler time, and I didn't have someone come around my house twice a week eating all my food. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't change it, Matthew. I wouldn't change it. As always, look in the background. Uh, the best calves in Clitheroe, Mr. John Pickup. How are we doing, mate? Yeah, I'm hungry. I could do an invite and get some of this food. You live too far away. You could definitely come around and eat. We had chilli tonight, Matt. Oh. Mm. oh. I've had yeah. that a couple of times since you taught me how to make it. Really mm. nice. Yeah, you've, you've, you've got to gain so many life skills since you've become friends, haven't you? <laughs> oh, I know how to cook anyway. It's just a bit like more vegetarian, vegan-style cooking that you've uh, taught me. I'm enjoying it. Better than the, uh, better than the meat stuff indoctrinated you into um why don't you tell me what's on the show today no since we're talking about food we've uh, we've got the awesome uh, kerry holland coach kerry runs or health by health by kerry uh, she's a nutritionist uh she's come from humble humble again in <laughs> absolute awesome what's, what's a nutritionist 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 what Nutritionist. I can't even fucking... Is a nutritionist? What's nutritionist. a nutritionist? Nutritionalist. Nutritionalist. Mm. I got there in there. Mm. <laughs> Not just a nutritionist though, Matt. She's an incredible runner. She is. She's an incredible runner, yeah. She's, uh, it's an awesome chat. I've, I've had a listen to it and it's very, very informa- informative and insightful. <laughs> I can't speak today at all. <laughs> You know what? Just stop. Just stop. Before we get to Kerry, though, boys, um, marathon training still going well? Yeah, all good. All yeah. good. Yeah, ticking along. How's the injury, Matt? I know we spoke about it on Thursday. Yeah, good. Yeah, all the sessions seem to be going all right. And uh, yeah, long run coming up on uh, on Sunday, 17 miles with a big chunk at uh, marathon pace. So 
<laughs> this episode's going out on Monday, Matt. You'll have already run that. Why is it? You're on a roll today. You are on a roll. If anybody is, if anybody is sort of a, a follower of, of Kerry and you've come across this podcast thinking, oh, it'd be nice to hear about her, please don't judge it all based on this little numpties intro. You just, it's not, it's not your best day, is it? Well, you, you threw me by asking me a question because we're recording this after we've... You threw me, I threw on a podcast. We've just recorded like Thursday's episode mm. and you threw me by asking this uh, this question for next week. And I'm like, we have not done it yet, so what, how can I answer it? Like the multiverse of madness, in it? Um, that will be behind the curtain. Do it just, now, um... breaking, breaking the fourth wall, the Verfrem Dung's effect for any, uh, any theatre students. Bertolt Brecht. The friend Dung's effect, the art of breaking down the fourth wall. You can remember that, Matt. A little bit of, little bit of uh, general knowledge for you. He's, he's not even going to remember nutritional list. <laughs> um, one point I did want to just talk about quickly, though, just mm. talking about marathon training and having carry on the show, which is around nutrition and marathon training, because uh, I know that she does talk about that on on the chat, and and I, I don't know how you guys find it but I'm, I find I'm starving all the time at the minute and and it's it's very easy I think this block's been different for me I've, I've tried to not eat the calories that I burn while I'm out on the long runs mm-hmm. and you know stick within a certain sort of tolerance but still eat till I'm full but I just don't seem to be able to make myself full it's mad do you, do you know what I find? Obviously, I'm not in a marathon trading block at the moment, but like thinking back historically, I think one of my biggest kind of issues with nutrition is that I um, I get lazy when I've run. So if I've run a long run, like let's say those like big 16, 18 milers at the end of the block and you've burnt thousands of calories, I get home and I'm not in a place where I want to be like, right, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to cook. Mm. a nutritional well-balanced meal you know with you know plenty of protein plenty of fiber plenty of good carbs in there um all my greens my nutrients i'm like give me that pack of hobnobs or <laughs> put the cat at best put the kettle on have a pot noodle and i think that probably isn't uncommon that there is because naturally your body just wants quick and easy uh, uh, as quickly as possible so i think maybe there is an element of um, maybe maybe a bit of pre- preparation, a preparedness, um, where you're kind of thinking, right, if I'm going out on my run, when it gets to lunchtime, what am I going to have to replenish those calories? And it doesn't have to, I'm not saying it has to be quinoa and kale, but th- there is a better way to put that good stuff back in your body, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it, it's it's that enticing to just go on, you know, even when you, you have prepped and you've got your meals sorted, oh, just nick and get something else and oh no look at that i've I've burnt two and a half thousand calories a year so and then oh there's a bit of ice cream left out you know instead we still got stuff from christmas like chocolate wise and oh just nick a few of them and and then you start tightening it up and then you know you're at a thousand calories before you know it and it's like yeah, which is which isn't necessarily sure. a bad thing because replenishing the calories is good. But I think I think and this is what we talk about with Carrie as well. I mean, she I don't mm-hmm. want to ruin the conversation, but she's not a big proponent of of, of working in a calorie count and calorie deficit, and um and and it is just about making the right choices. 
Um, and I think that that's probably where I certainly have fallen down before in that I think you can make better choices in a marathon training block to give your body the best fuel and the best ability to recover after those big, you know, muscle fiber tearing runs. Um, you can you can you can do yourself a better service by being a little bit more conscious of what you're putting back in your body. I think it's probably my take on it. Matt, what about you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think she said it in in she said it in the chat about you just been talk, talking about it, uh, preparing preparing stuff, making making a plan and and doing all that before and, and stuff. Yeah, it's uh it's a good chat, and I'm sure everyone will enjoy it. Yeah, and, and please do, you know, if you've got any thoughts on the subject, you know, whether you struggle with your nutrition uh, during the marathon training block, whether you struggle with um, loading before a long run, whether you struggle with your recovery afterwards, um, let us know. Drop us an email at thefartlightpodcast at gmail.com or get in touch with us on Instagram. Find us what the Fartlight Podcast. Uh, let us know and we'll, uh, we'll maybe talk about it a little bit more next week. So uh, let's, without any further ado, I don't because we've already spoke quite a lot. I don't I don't want to give away the, um, uh, the the core of this conversation, which is with an, with an absolutely wonderful athlete and, and and a, and a very clearly experienced and knowledgeable nutritionist. Um, uh, so we're going to go talk to Kerry Holland now. But before we do, I do just want to um, just just give a, a little bit of a, a trigger warning at the start. I mentioned this on Thursday's episode as well. So um, Kerry is very, very open and honest about her own uh, journey um, and her own battles with eating disorders, various eating disorders through through her life. We, we, talk, we hone in on it a little bit. We talk about it in more detail. She was very, very kind um, to give us her time and to give us her very honest thoughts and feelings on a very very emotive and often perceived what is often perceived as quite a taboo subject um it's incredibly interesting it's incredibly educational and it, it and hopefully it is going to promote conversation whether you are somebody who is um suffering with some of these thoughts feelings um who has experienced an eating disorder in their life or is currently going through something similar or i made i referenced this in the conversation as well if, if you're a parent of a child, a teenager, uh, and, and you have any concerns or worries about them, uh, hopefully this conversation might help in um, in removing some of that taboo and in opening up those conversations. Um, and we will, of course, share links to some of the good charities that can help um, if you are needing it um, in, in the bio for the podcast as well. But just a little bit of a warning um, that, it, that if it is something that is potentially triggering for you, um, we are going to go into that in quite a lot of detail. But I promise you it's a great conversation with a really, really good egg. So um should we get over and have a chat to, to kerry right then you guessed it it's guest time and as we motor through series 13 they just keep on coming and today i've got a good one for you all i'm joined by an incredible runner who's posted some unbelievable times across a multitude of distances and on top of this she's a nutritionist on a mission to help people become healthier and happier now of course we want to hear about the podium finishes and the pbs of course we want to pick her brains for her expert opinions on balancing food and exercise as runners but most importantly we want to learn a little bit about the story that got her the, the ups, the downs, the origins and the goals. We're chatting to Coach Kerry Runs. We're talking to Health by Kerry, but we are, of course, talking to Kerry Holland. Kerry, how are we doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How's your day been? You managed to get out for a run? Yeah, no, well, I'm actually going swimming tonight, so not running tonight. Yeah, I've got a swimming session after this, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, we, we, we're on a bit of a timer, aren't we? So we're going <laughs> yeah, to make the most of the time we've got before you disappear off to the pool. Yeah. Now, listen, we've got loads to talk about. There's lots to cover, and we've already had a little chat before we started recording about some of the topics that you wanted to touch on, and there's some great ones that I think yeah. are really going to resonate with people. But let's 
we, what we'd like to do is is learn a little bit about you, learn a bit about how you got into running. So has running always been a part of your life? So um, like naturally I was kind of like good at school. I didn't um, belong to a club or anything, but um, I was always picked to represent the school. Um, this kind of like was when I was in secondary school, really. Mm-hmm. And I got picked to run for cross country. Cross country is my favourite. <laughs> um yeah, and um, it all started there, really, just competing and, yeah, for my school. Uh, and, and, and so was it cross, I mean, were you doing track and athletics as well, or was it mainly cross country that you were that you were doing from a running perspective when you were younger? So year eight, year nine, I think it all started cross country, and then I got picked to run 800 metres mm-hmm. for, because um, that's what the distance was at that age um back then and uh yeah and I'd done that for it was like the what the council like the championship thing yeah that's it yeah the borough champs that's it and uh yeah they were my first ones um yeah cross country is my number one and was my first one and was it always something that you enjoyed when you were picked to do it because cross country is a funny one isn't it you tend to hear yeah. these stories even even like people now who are very very experienced very good runners will talk about cross country with a little bit of a shudder sometimes about you know being forced on rainy January uh, days to to put the spikes on and go and run around a field and was it like that at all for you or were you like pretty enamored no I absolutely loved it like I'm very much an outdoorsy person growing up anyway um love a bit of mud love a bit of rain yeah like growing up we were swimming in the lakes you know having mud fights <laughs> that sort of stuff so yeah cross country is my favorite by far suited to it um tell me about how that journey develops then because we've gone from there to and I'm sure you're gonna be very modest about this but you've posted some amazing times across loads of different distances um did did you keep as you were like coming out of school as you were getting a bit older did did running always kind of stay a part of your your journey your your fitness kind of regime yeah so like growing up we didn't really have any money um so when I got picked to run for the school uh, like I had my money to buy running trainers sports gear so I actually applied for a grant for Canood and Cancel because I used to um live in like a little village mm-hmm. and they granted me 300 pounds to um mm-hmm. buy yeah to buy my first running trainers running spikes some um running gear kind of thing and me being an absolute amateur I <laughs> picked a white like shorts and white <laughs> vest to run cross country yeah. <laughs> and it was like you know and I was like the only one who turned up in white you know but um yeah they were like good times but um yeah that's how it all started and then when I went to college I kind of yeah continued um in college is when I really progressed actually because um I done really well at it was like it was the nationals. I got picked for badminton and because I'm quite good at badminton, um, badminton and cross country. And I actually that year got sportswoman of the year for oh. for um, the Southend College, which was really good. Yeah. Um, do, do you think that I know you mentioned there that you know humble beginnings, you know not having a lot of money and you know applying to the council. Do you think that maybe that has given you an appreciation for sport and and for the talent that you clearly have you know that that idea of having to apply to get a pair of shoes just to go out and do yeah. something that, that 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 you clearly love to do is, is that given you maybe a different level of appreciation for just what a blessing it is to be able to get out and take part in in, in sport and in running 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, any sport is a complete blessing. You know, I mean, you see people who are like really well off in particular sports. And um, thankfully, with running, really, you just need kind of like a pair of running trainers and, and some kit and you can get out there no matter how much money you've got. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate like every step that I ever take <laughs> with running. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially with all the injuries that I've had, like people don't know how lucky they are. Um, that, I mean, there's like disabled people that can't walk and they would give anything to be able to run. So yeah, I, I appreciate every run and every swim everything yeah yeah absolutely okay talk to me about progressing out of education and, and, and into uh, adulthood and how running played a part then because you, you've won races you've had podium places is there a race that really stands out to you any race over whatever distance that, that when you you ran it and finished it you thought I'm pretty good at this this is something that maybe <laughs> I need to keep doing cool uh I mean, I love cross country and Basildon. Um, it's like a really hilly, muddy course. That is, that's the first race I ever won, and um, I was the first South End runner to have ever won the league. I think for like 50, 60 years or something. So that really sticks out. I won that cross country by about 30 seconds. So that was probably one of my f- favourite races, definitely. And, and that one that I touched on before about my cross-country race where I was all in white that was Basildon as well (laughs) so uh yeah Basildon is probably my favorite place um 10k wise probably South End 10k um it's where I got my PB it's where all the local runners are cheering you on and yeah that's always a nice one and my dad's come and watched that so uh it's been waving at me you know (laughs) yeah it's always nice to have that family to support um yeah let's talk a little bit then about about your profession so as a nutritionist um yeah. you obviously support not just runners not just athletes but yeah. um but certainly there's a focus on that i guess because of your own background um what 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 was it that prompted you what was it that drove you to get involved in nutrition as a as a career well so uh basically growing up i've like kind of been on and off having particular eating disorders i've had uh, three types of eating disorders i've had anorexia I've had bulimia and I've had binge eating disorder so you tend to kind of go from one extreme to the other um as you're kind of like relapsing and and then getting better then you relapse um then you have like binge eating and then you'll relapse again it's kind of like been a bit of a a theme throughout my life and um I mean one of the reasons I first started running was kind of to lose weight really I mean I was I definitely wasn't overweight I was probably like similar to what I am now but I really kind of like wanted to lose weight um started running and yeah I mean nutrition's always been a massive part of my life because obviously researching from my eating disorder you know the best ways to lose weight the best you know how to be a better runner how to all of this and that and I've always had a massive focus on kind of what I'm putting and eating in and yeah putting into my body basically so um yeah like when I got into running and then I did, um, I was really good at food technology at school. I got an A for that GCSE. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I did well at college. And then I was like, oh, what do I do? I, I love sport. I love nutrition. And I wanted to go to St. Mary's, which is a very good um, university for runners. Um, yeah, I just decided to do nutrition because it's been a always just a bit of an obsession, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and just ju- just to touch on, thank thank you for for talking openly about. I, I I think eating disorders are something that aren't talked openly enough about. Um, 
uh, I, we have had guests on, on the podcast before who've, who've spoken very well about it, but it's never easy to, to bring up and, and discuss. And I think it will resonate with people, whether it's something they're going through themselves or parents of teenage children, particularly, I think, too. Um, did you find at all, and again, please feel free to answer this in any level of detail that you feel comfortable with, you know, but did you find that given that you'd said that, you know, running initially was was probably driven by this idea of wanting to be thinner and wanting to lose weight and maybe it wasn't a particularly healthy relationship, I guess. Did you Have you found that over the years you've had to kind of address and reassess that relationship and how you approach running as well as how you approach food to make sure that it is a healthier, um, sustainable kind of relationship between you and and, and, and exercise? Yeah, I mean, I think once you have an eating disorder and if you've had it for so long, it's always in the back of your mind, but you, you learn how to cope with it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, since having my son, especially, I mean, I would never, ever go back there. You know, I, I need to be healthy for myself, for my son. So, um, yeah, he's almost like helped me fully recover it in a way. But um, I mean, I, I was... So he was born in 2018 and I was discharged in 2017 from the eating disorder unit. So I was kind of like getting better. But, um, you know, he stopped me kind of relapsing and and you just got to think of your overall health. And I've got in a really good place, really good coping strategies. And, yeah, I've just learned, which is why I love helping people, especially with like binge eating, things like that. I've been there. I know lots of coping strategies and um ways to help so I mean I've gone to some pretty extreme ones in my time but um yeah so uh yeah but yeah I mean you just learn I've learned a lot and I think it's made me a better nutritionist going through all, all of all of that to help people yeah I was about to say it does sound like having had those experiences gives you a, a different perspective doesn't it for when you're supporting yeah. other people and in terms of what I think I guess maybe the term is what what healthy actually looks like because it's not yeah. necessarily the you know what you might expect it to from from what we're told from mainstream media or from advertising it's it, it, yeah. it's a very different thing in reality isn't it oh yeah yeah like there's so much that you wouldn't even know like with people so for example I mean I don't mind talking about it in detail I've, you know it's it's in my past now um so yeah I mean during my anorexic times um when I was like really focused on being a faster runner I needed to be the lightest you know I needed I was like putting signs up all over my cupboards do not open this cupboard you know like um putting pictures on my phone like my um you know your screensaver of like really skinny people um if I didn't have a headache that day I'd almost feel like a failure because I've eaten too much because oh, I've, I haven't got a headache yeah. you know just all, all this sort of stuff and then um when I lost my menstrual cycle it I was so happy even though it, it's so dangerous um mm. I was so happy because it was confirmation that I was underweight and this is the sort of obsession that, that it becomes and it's so unhealthy. Um, and then I ended up having a stress fracture about six months later in my pelvis. So lesson learned, really. It's it's so interesting because I, I think that, again, the portrayal of eating disorders, the portrayal of, um, of, of people who have um, unhealthy relationships with food in, in whatever sense, I think I feel like it's oversimplified 
you know, we, we see what we see on, I don't know, TV. You know, there's a character on a soap opera that's got an eating disorder. And and, and it is it isn't the reality of the situation, is it? And I think from what you, you've just given me a list of triggers of, um, of of mechanisms of things that 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 have clearly been a huge part of your of your life that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even thought somebody <clears throat> with an eating disorder um, uh, would suffer from or would live with um, and I think that maybe there is a real and, and I mentioned before about parents of, of, of teenagers and it's not just teenage girls teenage boys as well um, you spoke about even bigger taboo I think um, that maybe there is a lack of understanding about what it actually means to have an eating disorder and how it can manifest because it can be so different in different people can't it yeah I mean it takes over your life like my family they barely didn't really see me and they'll be like Kerry why are you only spending half an hour at at hours and it just because I couldn't really be around food I, I knew that there was food in the cupboards and that would be such a trigger for me because when I was trying to get better um from the anorexia it then turned into bulimia because you know, you'd you'd start binging and then you'd be sick after a binge. So it's so difficult going in people's houses. I couldn't even drive past the supermarket um, without having a massive binge. And, and these aren't just like a couple of cookies. These are 15 pounds on food, a whole cheesecake, a whole um, pot of ice cream, five triple chocolate cookies. These are extreme binges, um, which you would spend three hours being sick and bursting blood vessels in your eyes you know it's extreme people think oh you know people just having eating disorders for attention or to be skinny it's much more than that is mm. yeah it takes over your life yeah absolutely and and if anybody listening to, to the show is 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 feeling some of the, the, the feelings and thinking some of the thoughts that, that might be relatable to what you've just said or if they have loved ones who they're worried about what what would you I mean I know it, it's it's different with everybody but what would your advice be what what have you what did you find I know you said that you know your son being born was a great a, a yeah. great mechanism to kind of give you that light bulb moment of okay no this is this is life now but yeah. how, how how do people go about identifying and and, and finding support well, first of all, I went to my doctors and got help. Um, I was referred to the eating disorder clinic. I went there twice a week. You'd have therapy there. That really helped. It's just more of like someone to talk to. Um, you definitely need your family on board because if you've got a partner who is giving you binge food, for example, um, that is a massive trigger, having the binge food in the house. It, to get well if you suffer with binge eating um you need that out of the house if you have a severe eating disorder because that can just set it off um so yeah you need the support of family definitely yeah massive it's massive isn't it and we'll uh, we'll post we'll post some links alongside the the bio for the episode for some of the great charities that are available to support but thank you for sharing that and it's an important one isn't it because i think equally probably the another important piece of advice is just to encourage conversation and 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 and, and try and remove the taboo that sits around it because it's like you said it is so much more complex than just i want to lose weight or i want some attention well it's not it's not even more complex it's not i want to lose weight or i want attention it's um it's 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 a condition and, and it's like you yeah. said it doesn't ever it really over. go away it doesn't ever really go away does it it's just yeah. learning to live with it I mean I've had people in the past when I suffered with need disorder say I'm doing it for attention it's just uh, the worst thing you can say to people with an eating disorder because yeah. they really don't do it for attention it's like you want to get better so bad and you just can't 
Yeah, yeah, really tough one, and um, and and yeah, but if we can encourage conversation, that's an absolute. Yeah. Um, let's talk about injuries then. You'd mentioned um your stress fracture. Um, yeah. Which was, was that the first time that you'd really kind of got hurt? That was yeah, one of my first big ones. Yeah, I mean, I I think I had sciatica or something when I first started running. Um, but that quickly went and then yeah the stress fracture in my SI joints the back of my pelvis that lasted for about a year and a half it was a long one um but then as soon as I got back because I just um won the Billericay 10k it's called and that was my I got my PB so I got 37 minutes dead on and it's quite a hilly course as well um I broke the course record so I was like on cloud nine 10 days later stress fracture oh that was yeah, that was a hard one to take, really. Um, but yeah, and then um, in 2018, um, I was running really well, got a 10K PB, South End 10K. That was a good one. That was um, nine months after having my son, actually. So that was a really nice surprise because I hadn't raced in about two years. So that was a really nice one. But yeah. then two weeks after <laughs> I injured my ankle wow. it was um because I have hypermobility basically and something you're born with so it's not anything that I can help but um yeah it's when you've basically got less collagen you've got um stretchy ligaments um your tendons don't heal as well and I ruptured my ligament literally just on a run wasn't even didn't sprain it didn't do anything it just started hurting um yeah and that was a hard one to take as well it's taken a few operations to get it fixed but okay. um yeah kind of like on the mend now but um you know and getting back into running and stuff but it's taken a long time to get where I am but that's why I then started swimming and cycling <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and, it, and it's not easy is it when when you're out for a prolonged period of time and it sounds like you've kind of had these knockbacks kind of throughout your running career yeah. <laughs> you're running you're running time um yeah. th- there are I mean h- how do you react to those kind of things I mean there's the in- immediate disappointment and then the stress of like oh this is it's not just my running this is going to impact my life you know if I'm, if I'm going to have operations and um yeah. and, and and rehab it, it's, it's it's strenuous and stressful isn't it but I guess there is an element of, of injury that can really help us come back stronger it, you know depending on how we deal and how we cope did you find that was the case for you it was almost a way to sort of find something inside yourself ready for when you were when you were fit and healthy again so basically I've had with these different injuries I've dealt with them completely different each time so back in 2013 when um, I had my eating disorders and I had my stress fracture well that's when so I was suffering with anorexia then I had my stress fracture and then literally a month later I developed bulimia so that was a really like ended up being signed off work depression you know tablets all of that was it was it all sorry to interrupt was it all interlinked do you think was it was it all driven by yeah you know you you, obviously the anorexia has contributed to the injury and then yeah. the injury, and then the injury not being able to run it because you said that running was something you were using to keep the weight down to, to you yeah. know to try and control getting lighter and not being able to do that is that what drove you towards the bulimia? Yeah, so I think with bulimia, um, I ended up binging. What you know, you 
you've got all this time on your hands, not working, yeah. um, not running, so you end up binging just to try and like make yourself feel better, I guess. Yeah. And um, one really interesting thing that the therapist said, which I never thought of it like that, this um, is. The people, some people binge eat because when they're eating, you're not thinking about your problems. You're only thinking of the food. And I was like, wow, that's a really, even though it's like two minutes, but some people, they hate their life so much that they binge eat. And that is two, two minutes of happiness, basically. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so that was like really interesting. But um, so yeah, started that. And then, but now since the ankle injury, I've become such a positive person. I've not done any of that behavior I've kind of like I'm such a positive person now um but I just kind of like try and see I know it's not a positive situation with the ankle but I've started swimming I've started cycling I've got so much good in my life that even though that gets me down you know I've got so much good in my life so I just focus on the good really did you find that the adversity that came out the back of the stress fracture so being able to reflect on that when 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 the ankle happened, being able to reflect on the dark place that you went to was maybe a source of strength to stop you from going back there again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like yeah. It, was, it was the worst time of my life. So I, yeah. I would never go back there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And plus, obviously, I have my son to yeah. like keep me going as well. Yeah. And, and then my amazing business now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's t- let's talk about the business then. So we talked about kind of your journey into nutrition and your reason your reason for doing it. What's um what what's the best bit about it then? What 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 do you enjoy most about being a nutritionist? So when I was at uni, I always had this vision of you know being a du- nutritionist for a mate like top athletes yeah. and um. And basically, I'm, I'm working with loads of athletes at the moment. It does, they don't have to be top athletes. I mean, I'm working with some really good athletes at the moment. Um, but I'm also working with ones who are, you know, like doing 40-minute park runs. And it's amazing watching them progress to, say, 40 minutes to 35 minutes. And it, it's just really rewarding that, you know, um, I can see them progress and I watch their journeys. And it's so great to watch everyone's journeys and for example I work with a lot of people with binge eating issues and it's great helping them as well yeah I don't want to give away all of your trade secrets that I'm (laughs) sure are well worth uh, paying for but if I can pick your brain a little bit um in terms of diet I think there is an awful lot out there isn't there about you know whether it's um you know whether it's the problems with weight watchers for example or whether it's um calorie counting to the extreme or you know whether it's balance of nutrition being absent um it feels like there's so many opinions and myths out there that are constantly being debunked that are constantly being proven wrong that it can be really difficult to um simplify it and strip it back to basics and just think how can I be healthy? If you had someone coming to you for the first time, a runner, you know, maybe somebody in a similar vein that you've just spoken about, you know, trying to get me part run time better. You know, I'm not I'm not running two hour 20 marathons, but, you know, I yeah. enjoy running. I want to get out as much as I can. But I work nine to five. I've got I've got kids um, and, uh, and you know, I, 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 I lead, you know, a busy life how what, what's that kind of like first piece of <clears throat> advice that can help people kind of like turn the key a little bit to, to to get to that healthy balance I mean pretty much the person you just described is 
all of my um, clients, yeah. busy people who, you know, nine to five with children, um, struggle with time, so they just takeaways here and there yeah. but it's it's all about just being a bit organized um i plan very quick and easy nutritious meals and it's not about you know calorie counting or you know if weight watchers all the points and things that all slim fast shapes all of that is just nonsense to be honest you know you want to if you're eating out, for example, you don't want to be like, oh, counting each point. You know, you just want to look at the meal and think, okay, actually, this is healthy. And I, I just teach people, you know, what ingredients you should be eating, what really you shouldn't, um, just so you can have it in your day-to-day life, really. It's no calorie counting or points, just focusing on pure nutrition and the food. Mm. And from a runner's perspective... It can get really difficult. We've got a lot of people, we're right in the middle, when this episode goes out, people are going to be probably coming up to week nine, week ten of spring marathon training. We've got loads of people who who, who are in the middle of Manchester, London, or or, or maybe even Leeds is starting, that's in May. Um, when you start getting up, let's say if, if you have a, a certain relationship with food, and let's say people are maybe calorie counting, let's say mm. maybe people are trying to get themselves into a calorie deficit, um, when you start upping that mileage and particularly those Sunday yeah. long runs when you're doing what 15 16 17 miles burning a couple of thousand calories it's really important isn't it that people re- readdress that balance with food because and, and this is this isn't me assuming I'm asking as much as anything what do people again if someone came to you saying I'm stepping up this marathon training I'm you know I'm getting these longer miles in um there is a temptation isn't there to think oh I'm burning more calories so I'll, I'll lose a bit of weight here as well but how important is it for people to make sure that they're balancing that more more so so their calorie intake is increasing to accommodate yeah. those extra miles those calories burned yeah so obviously um I don't really yeah, so basically you definitely need to eat more, um, especially on your long run days. I mean, you've got to take into consideration that you're having a gel every, say, 30 yep. minutes yes. as well. So you are getting some fuel during that. So a lot of people will be like, I'm going to have a massive fry up, this and this and that. I'm going to have Mars bar and you can't like, OK, well, <laughs> don't go too crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely have a lot more calories at the weekends mm. if you have, you know, making sure that you've got, for example, chicken veg pasta the night before having a big very big portion but you need to get the balance right because you don't want to have a massive crash and eat Mm -hmm. too much and be really sluggish on your run you get that people think I'm gonna have a massive massive bowl of pasta you know like 150 grams of dry pasta which um it's like well that's a bit too much um but yeah as long as you're having a very good breakfast something like porridge with berries with dates honey banana peanut butter whatever you want to throw in there um have your gels during um and yeah within say an hour or two well ideally within 30 minutes refueling straight away after your um long run and then yeah just making sure you're getting plenty in that day but not too much don't go too crazy (laughs) And, and, and i guess it comes back to what you were saying before about the right types of foods going into your body yeah and, and you know you, you're basically you're, you're refueling your body and it needs to be with, with with good stuff really doesn't it and there's nothing wrong like i mean and i know you mentioned it but there's nothing wrong with having a mars bar i fancy a mars bar <laughs> yeah. but 
there's that the, there are there are good choices to make to get those calories back into your body and to get the proteins into your body to help the muscles yeah. mend and, and all that, that stuff isn't it yeah yeah so like it's all about you know replenishing your glycogen stores all that kind of stuff um so yeah just uh choosing healthier food would be a better option yeah i would advise say counting calories i mean i don't mm. get any of my clients to count calories because from a um relationship point of view to food um I mean, I've suffered with obviously anorexia and, you know, focusing on a certain amount of calories per day and it gets obsessive. So mm. I really in all my plans just focus on the food. I mean, I know roughly how many calories they're mm. having, but I don't tell them because it will just become obsessive and they'll go, oh, I've gone up five calories mm. over. And I think, don't worry about five calories, <laughs> yeah. but, you know. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. try not to focus on calories. It's interesting, Re- really interesting, because, again, if you thought like, last couple of years calorie counting is the thing isn't it and but yeah. but it but being in a calorie deficit seems to be the thing that people are saying to do instead of weight watchers instead of fasting instead of atkins diet it's that that always that for a long time it seemed that cal- being in a calorie deficit was kind of the oh this this is how you should do it but more yeah. and more now it's it, it's becoming a bit of a well actually if you're not putting the right things in your body if you're not putting a good variety of nutrients in your body yeah. then then having a, 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 a even if it's a high protein low calorie diet isn't giving you everything you need it's more complicated than a than a two minute video on tiktok can tell you i think that's the point yeah. we're trying to get to isn't it yeah i mean you don't want to end up with a stress fracture or a deficiency in say iron for example um i mean when i was again suffering with eating disorder I had a really bad iron deficiency I started running around the track 100 meters in I could barely breathe you know and it's because I didn't have enough um iron in my body and I was actually the doctor gave me an asthma pump and said I was suffering with asthma when actually I was just like no can you do a blood test um and it turned out that I was really deficient in iron so um yeah you need to make sure that I mean having an iron supplement would be a great for all runners to kind of take one a day yeah as opposed to thinking I'll have four pints of Guinness. Not, <laughs> not, you not, can have that as well. <laughs> maybe, maybe just one pint of Guinness. Um, yeah. Great, wonderful. And, and I'm sure that that's helped a lot of people, a bit of food for thought. And um, and yeah. there's, there's plenty more that they can uh, that they can research into. And, and of course, Health by Kerry is, is, uh, is, is there and available. Um, uh, before we finish, and I am conscious of time and you've got places to be and things to yeah. do, um, what's next for you? What, what I mean, I know you're kind of on that comeback trail. Yeah. Um, do you have any plans from, from a personal perspective, from a running or triathlon or, you know, a swimming perspective? What, 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 what's the goals for you? Yeah, so I mean, we haven't touched because we haven't got much time, but I'll quickly, uh, like two minutes, I was um, hit by a car in May. I was hit by a car in May. I was on um, I was on my bike, triathlon training, and I was doing so well. Like I'd built up my swimming. I'm, last year, I couldn't even put my head in the water, you know, and I've gone from literally being awful at swimming to then doing a mile in like 26 minutes. So I've really worked hard on my swimming and my cycling and and I was meant to be doing some triathlons last year um but yeah I got hit by a car um broke my elbow had to have two surgeries on that um fractured a rib um hit my head really hard the damage to my helmet was just it's the helmet saved my life basically Um, very important message on the side yeah yeah like yeah 
I see people on their bike on the way to work and they haven't got a helmet. And I think you just have to go over one pothole or someone doesn't see you or you go up a curb the wrong way. And if you fall and hit your head, you could be brain damaged. So mm. there's absolutely, I used to be embarrassed wearing a helmet, but honestly, what's more embarrassing, um, you know, being on a hospital bed, maybe paralyzed for the rest of your life, being tube fed, <laughs> you know, mm. then, um, you know, wear a helmet to work. You, yeah, it's a good point. Just, uh, wear your helmet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good point. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm uh, recovering really well, um, getting back into all my sports, my cycling, running, uh, swimming. So, yeah, this year, um, triathlons and hopefully some 5 and 10Ks. That That is the dream, yeah. Just get back into it, really. Is yeah. It? Is, yeah. It, is, it not, is it less specifically about a race or a goal and more just about getting back out and just smashing um uh the running and, and getting yeah. a triathlon and all that kind of thing i mean yeah i'm just focused on recovery i mean i had goals in mind last year and it didn't quite work out because i was hit by a car so i don't want to put pressure on myself because then i'll feel like if you have these goals and it doesn't go to plan you feel like a failure so i'd rather just you know what see how training goes i will enter stuff when the time is right I think it's so much better to take that approach rather than putting so much pressure on yourself and maybe it not going to plan and then being disappointed yeah understandable and mm. um, and, and in terms of nutrition in terms of health by Kerry is oh, yeah. it just a case of continuing to help and support people on their journeys are there any are there any grand master plans for for the business um well, it's going so well at the moment um I mean, I'm in the process of buying a, a flat at the moment, which mm-hmm. is going through soon. But once that's done and I do plan on kind of like getting an app and um, kind of like progressing that way. And mm-hmm. as my business is getting bigger and bigger, it's uh, yeah, I mean, just continue to work with everyone, you know, runners, non-runners, just everyone and help people. Sounds good. Well, listen, uh, you've got to get to swimming and I am very, very grateful for all of your time today, Just particularly for being so open and honest. I'm sure that what you've spoken about will resonate with people and hopefully if it gets through to just one person or if it makes yeah, one definitely. person ask, ask a question of somebody they love to, to find out a little bit more, then then I, I think we've accomplished our mission. So listen, best yeah. of luck with the recovery. Hopefully our paths will cross again at some point in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and good luck with all your, with, with all your plans. Yeah, thank you so much. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was the absolute excellent Kerry Holland. You can find her coach by Kerry with a K on Instagram or search for health by Kerry for uh, all your nutritionist needs. Um, very, very grateful to her for sharing her story, particularly so openly and honestly. Uh, we mentioned this already at the start of the podcast, but there are links within the bio. JP's going to put those in for some charities, some places that you can get help if you are affected by any of the conversations on today's podcast. We'll be back next Thursday. We are motoring towards the finish line. And now, guys, we are four episodes. I believe from series 13 being done and dusted so it's another community episode on Thursday the guys are going to be back with Lou to talk about their spring marathon training uh, Ben and Emma will be on their travels at Parkrun and of course we'll have a massive roll call shouting out your amazing achievements in our wonderful community our Fartlek family if you want to get in touch you can do what the Fartlek podcast at gmail.com or drop us a message on Instagram if you want to get involved in the community the challenges that we've got going on the upcoming meetups we've got in the spring and into the summer then please do let us know and we can give you loads of information you would be very very welcome but until we see you on thursday may your runs as always continue to be wonderful don't forget to be excellent to each other be kind or just get in the sea man and we will see you on thursday same fart time same fart channel peace